0: Welcome to the Complete Manager Makeover Podcast, a management training and leadership development platform focused on providing managers and business owners with practical compliance and employee relations tips, tools, and techniques for every stage of their career or business. Our mission is to slash the statistic that employees don't quit their jobs, they quit their bad managers. Not anymore because we are transforming the human and human resources with the complete manager makeover. Today, we're gonna talk about the I-9 form. The I-9 form is one of the must-have forms in your personnel file. The I-9 form, in addition to the W-4 form, are two that if you only had those, you'd be in good shape from a regulatory standpoint. Does it make you a best practice employer? Not necessarily. You want to have a handbook receipt, some other information for OSHA that requires individuals to fill out emergency contact information. So each document in an employee file really does serve a purpose. The purpose of the I-9 form is twofold. One, it establishes the employee's identity that we have validated and verified who they are and secondly and more importantly it verifies and validates their authorization to work in the united states i think there is a misconception that employees need to be citizens of the united states and that's not necessarily the case they actually just have to have authorization to work in the united states for us to be able to employ them and that That's where the I-9 form comes into play. It helps give us a tool and a document that says we have complied with this federal regulation. So this is a federal law, and it is governed by the USCIS, the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. Way back in the day, we used to call them INS, right, Immigration Naturalization Service. And now their role has expanded within Homeland Security. So the I-9 form, first and foremost, you always want to make sure that you have the most up-to-date I-9 form. But the way you can check to make sure that you are actually getting the most accurate one is right up here. You'll see right up there, if you want to double check in your locations at your businesses that you actually are using the one that expires October 31, 2020, you can use this one all the way up until that time, unless for some reason the federal regulatory body says, oh, we've got to change that for whatever reason. But for now, if it's got October 31st, 2020 on there, you're good to go. You've got the right form. Now, there are several sections of the form and I want to impress upon you that the first section, it says section one right here. This is the section that the employee fills out. We should not be filling out that section for the employee. This is for them to fill out. And you want to make sure that every square is complete, including a phone number, an email address, a zip code. When audited, those um, blanks could cause you some trouble. So maybe the employee doesn't have an email. Go ahead and put N-A, not applicable. If they don't want to provide the phone number, that's fine. NA. Typically, I haven't seen any challenges with someone wanting to fill out those two pieces. Otherwise, everything else must be completed. So make sure that nothing is transposed, that the last name, in fact, is in the last name section and the first name is, in fact, in the first name section. And these must match the documents they give you. A lot of times we see, particularly in the South Florida community, there might be a name change or a hyphenated name or or something like that. A maiden name might be used or rather a family name, we want to make sure that the employee completes this form that matches that ID. Maybe they just got married and haven't changed that driver's license yet. We cannot accept this form with their married name unless they have that identification updated as well. So these two things must be equal. In addition to that, where we tend to see a lot of the errors is in this section here. We want to make sure that the employee fills out whether they are one, a citizen, a non-citizen, a lawful permanent resident, or an alien authorized to work. And if they check two or three, we must have that registration document number in that section. If they fill out number four, an alien authorized to work, we must fill out that expiration date and the registration number from the documents they provide us. Now, I wanted to explain a little bit about this form I-94. Sometimes the form I-94 is actually attached to maybe a passport, a visa that is allowing them to work here for an extended period of time or a finite period of time. That I-94 form is usually just a kind of a piece of like card stock. Attached to that form that gives them that additional information to be able to work in the United States. And then, of course, if it's a foreign passport, you've got the place of issuance and things of that nature. And then the employee signs and dates it. It's important that the employee is dating this on the date they first come to work. Okay, this is a critical thing in terms of compliance for the I-9 document. This document must be completed by the employee on their first day of work. Now, you can request that they fill it out in advance. That's fine, but no later than that first day of work. That's where the employee stops. In the event you need to help that employee translate it, prepare it, fill it out, You as the translator or the preparer must sign this section, this certification section that says, I helped this employee fill this out. Okay. now we may have employees whose primary language is Spanish. We in the United States are not permitted to use the Spanish I-9 form. Although it does exist, it is only for use in Puerto Rico. So definitely make sure all i9s on your on US soil are English and if you need to help someone translate, prepare it, help them fill it out, you as the preparer or translator fill out this section. And then that's it. The next document, the next page is your section. And I'll talk a little bit about some of the most common errors or mistakes or errors in omission, I should say. So again, you want to make sure that from the section one information, you are filling out this top section, last name in the last name column, first name in the first name column. And I tend to see this is an item that gets missed all the time. We want to ensure that you are Filling this section in, and I'll highlight it so you can see that, citizenship immigration status, that is coming directly from where the employee indicated their status from here. So you'll simply say, okay, what was their indication? And you'll include it in that section. You can either, if you write really small, U.S. citizen, or I opt for one, two, three, or four. It keeps it easy and still complies with the document. Now, this is where we sometimes also see some inconsistency. The list A, B, or C document. An employee can give you whatever they want to give you. You cannot, by law, request certain documents. You can't say, yep, just bring in your social security card and your driver's license. No. My recommendation is always to give them the list of documents and let them know I'll need one item from list A. That item on list A serves both the purpose of identity and authorization to work in the United States. If they give you that, you're good to go. You fill out the form using that one document. Do not request or attach any other documents to the I-9 form. In the event they give you a list A document, you'll want to make sure that, again, your title's where it needs to go, the issuing authority's where it needs to go. Believe it or not, there have been non-compliant fines because employers transpose something as simple as that, okay? Make sure the document number is in there, and then the expiration date, if any. Now, not all documents actually need to be re-verified, and we'll get to that in a moment. But if you have an expiration date on a document, then somewhere in your Tickler files, in your Outlook, maybe you have a payroll system where you can flag some information, you'll definitely want to follow up with that employee at least 90 days before that expiration date. You want to give 90 days so that you can give them a heads up and they can start whatever documentation and processes they need to so that they can always provide a current document. In the event that 90th day comes and their expiration day comes and they don't have that up to date information, that new card or that new authorization card, you cannot employ them. These are probably one of the most difficult conversations to have because you cannot put them to work until such time as they do have that updated and unexpired document. You can take them off the payroll for a while, give them some time to take care of that and bring it back. When they bring it back, then you'll recertify and we'll get to that in a moment. The reason I I always get questions, well, why are there so many boxes here? (laughs) These boxes are so that you can continue to re-verify based on the information that they've given you. You might have a new document here. You've taken up this space. You need to re-verify. You've got the new document information. That's the reason there's a few more in there. So let's talk about list B and C document. So let's say the employee does not have a list A document, then we'll need two forms of identification. We'll need a list B document that sets up their Identity that gives us their identity. And then we'll need a list C document, typically providing employment authorization, their ability to work in the United States. And just like the list A document, we go ahead and fill out the document title, the issuing authority, the document number, and any expiration date at all. Now, there was a time where we used to be able to accept an expired driver's license. That is no longer the case. All documents at the time you accept them for employment or identity must be unexpired. Now, there's nothing that requires us to re verify if a license is expiring. For example, my license is expiring in January. If I'm employed by an employer and that expiration date rolls, my employer has no obligation, according to I 9, to re-verify my driver's license. Now, if you have employees that drive for you, uh, that are using company vehicles, even their own personal vehicles for company business, then you'll definitely always want to obtain an unexpired driver's license. And you can use your payroll systems or a tickler file to make sure that people have up-to-date driver's licenses if they're driving on company time for company, with company vehicles uh, for company purposes, even if they're using their own vehicle. And so then you'll also want to get the employment authorization. Typically, we see this as the social security card. Sometimes we see any of the other documents, and I'll show you what that looks like here in a moment. This is what documents can be presented so i usually just take this third page send it off and say when you come in for your start date bring a list a item a list of b and c oftentimes the employee will have all this documentation that they want to give you they hand you a passport and a license and a social security card All you need to do is grab either a list, a item, if they've given you a passport, go ahead and take that passport, U.S. passport, of course, um, or a foreign passport that contains a couple of those stamps that we talked about and give them back the rest so that you don't even make a copy of it or anything like that. We, as a general rule, as your consultant, do recommend you take a copy of the document you are being provided because in the event of an audit, What way do we show that the document information we've written on the document is, in fact, the information we saw when they provided the document? We definitely recommend take a copy of that, attach it to the I-9 form, and put it in your I-9 binder or filing system, never in the employee file. We don't put it in the employee file because that I-9 is subject to audit. And if you have to hand over an entire employee file, everything else that that auditor reviews and sees may trigger an audit in some other regulatory agency. So we don't want to do that. Keep your I-9 forms separately. Sometimes we'll see birth certificates and citizen cards, any number of things. If you ever have a question about a document that you're seeing, first check this list. And then, of course, give us a call. Let us know that you've got some questions. Moving along with the document that we are filling out, here is a very important area as well that we sometimes see missing. The date the employee first starts work must be indicated in this section here. We need to make sure that it's in this little line here, and then the today's date. Now, here's why there's two different dates. You as the employer have up to three days to complete your portion of the I-9 form. Well, why the lag in time? Well, the lag in time is because maybe the employee forgot to bring their documents. Maybe they're handing you a passport, but you've realized it's expired. That employee now has the next three days and you can gainfully employ them until then to go ahead and provide you with the correct documentation. You'll want to make sure that the employee's first day of employment is listed as such and the day you complete the I-9 form is listed in today's date. Be very cautious because you do have three days. You don't want that day to show that it's taken you five days to comply with the I-9 form. My rule of thumb, trace it out for that day three, bug the employee those first three days, make sure they're getting it to you in time, and then go ahead and make sure you're accurately reflecting those dates. You as the authorized representative in your organization's sign right here, indicating, like I mentioned, today's date. What is your title within the organization? And then of course, your last name, first name, company name, and then the complete address. Feel free to go ahead and use one document to complete the, the business name, the employer, business organization address, city, state zip code, and make copies of that. What I would not recommend is that you make copies of a signature and because you don't want to sign them all or you put your title. Go ahead and handwrite your signature, title of the employer, first name and last name. Those can be typed in as well, but always make sure it's an accurate and fresh signature. The easiest way to ensure that an auditor doesn't have to worry about that, use a blue pen. It's very simple. Okay, so that there's a recommendation, although the law doesn't require black or blue, they just prefer that you not use like a a red pen or an orange pen or anything like that. As I mentioned before, there is a section where there might be an expiration on the documents that they've provided. Usually we see that in the list A document because it's their employment portion that needs to be reverified. When you have a recertification or re-verification or even a rehire, that goes in section three. Well, what do you mean rehire, Lisa? Well, maybe last year we terminated someone. We pull their I-9 form. We can go ahead and put it in their termination file and set it aside. Maybe they come back next year and we don't need to get a whole new I-9 form. We pull their employee file out. We pull out the I-9 form. We have them re-verify using those boxes above and then they're good to go. You don't have to have the entire I-9 form. Be verified or recompleted and again last name first name pretty straightforward and then any of the document information with the expiration dates and then your signature a new signature date and name of the employer down here at the bottom so not to be confused some employers do just create a whole new i9 form there's nothing wrong with that but if you don't have to and you still have the i9 from previous for a rehire why not use that Another regulation that is important to know is that by law, the employer must provide the I-9 form instruction. And the I-9 form instructions, if you've ever seen them, it's like 13 pages long. But by law, you must make this available to employees at the time they are completing their I-9 form. And here's what it looks like. What I always recommend from my employers is that you have a version of the I-9 form. Sometimes you can laminate it, laminate it front and back, and then you can reuse that over and over and save some trees (laughs) instead of having to print the 13-page form every time or actually 15 pages every time you have a new employee start. Go ahead and use this, copy it front and back. Use a laminator or at least keep it in a file folder where you can pull out the same one all the time as you have new employees. When I was the director of HR at the Fountain Blue, you can only imagine how many people we hired on a regular basis. That would have been a lot of trees. So we had about four or five laminated copies on a round, uh, like a key holder disc for them to use. They almost never picked it up. But it is by law, you need to make that available. So just FYI on that. Now, what I would recommend is some homework, okay, is to go ahead and read through this I-9 form. You would be amazed at the information that it contains, particularly one of the questions I received recently from our members is, how long do I have to keep it? So the retention rule on this is also here on page 11. So you can see that this information, this instruction is not just for the employee, but definitely helps the employer with compliance. I remember when I was, when I'm training HR individuals, I literally sit them down, give them a highlighter, tell them, and and these are HR people who have been filling out I-9 forms for their entire career. Have them sit down, read all 15 pages and highlight everything that they learned that they didn't otherwise know. So this may be a document that you've seen before and that you've used in your workplaces for years. You'll never ever uncover that new information if you don't sit down and just take some time to review and read this document. But again, the biggest must have is ensuring that you have a copy of the instructions available when employees complete the form. Well, that's our show today. Thanks for listening to The Complete Manager Makeover. I'm Lisa Perez. If you enjoyed our show and want to know more about our community or training resources, search for us on the web, Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn at The Complete Manager Makeover, where I invite you to become part of our community. Please leave us a review and share our movement to transform the human in human resources with The Complete Manager Makeover.